No Catch Up Chicago. What's up, my people? You are listening to No Catch Up Chicago. We focus on Chicago news first and everything else second. Weekly, the No Catch Up Chicago gang talks Chicago sports, culture, and avoids cornballs by any means necessary. It's done for Chicago and by Chicago. Listen up. Hello and welcome back to the Pale Hose Report. This is your host, Pat Voigt. We got some things to get into this week. First, I want to talk about the big announcement that happened on Labor Day. Uh, the announcement that Eloy Jimenez will not be joining the White Sox in 2018. Uh, and I have a little spoiler for you guys on that one. Uh, then I want to talk about the recent winning streak uh, and the actual good baseball that we're seeing on the south side of Chicago. The sort of baseball that we have not seen in about a year and a half on the south side. Uh, this is this is very interesting, uh, but there's a couple things to think about with regard to this sort of new look Sox team that we're seeing. Um, then I've just got a couple of player notes, just a couple of things I'm seeing, and then I want to wrap up talking about the legend himself, the the sauciest man in Chicago, Hawk Harrelson. So let's get into it. No catch up, Chicago. Let us let's talk about this announcement with Eloy Jimenez. What what is going on? I mean, where does Rick Hahn get off? Like, who the White Sox are a class organization in my mind, at least as of recently. Uh, but to sit there and plan on oh, what what day should we make the announcement that as an organization the White Sox are undercutting labor over very very sort of minute and my esoteric reasons, you know, due to arbitration time and all of this BS of, oh my God, Eloy Jimenez, we can have control over his contract in 2025 instead of, instead of the contract expiring in 2025, now it'll it'll expire in 2026. This is going to be a huge advantage for the White Sox. I think the notion that these windows you need only to look to the Cubs on the north side and see that these World Series windows close up a lot quicker than people think. You know, your your team, your baseball club is going to look completely different in two years, even more different in that in four years. And I realistically, I think the White Sox have about a five year window even though they've been tearing it down for so long and converting every one of their assets into young, talented players that are matriculating and bubbling up through the farm system right now, realistically, you only have a five-year window at this World Series thing. I think with the, with the way the Cubs look right now, I think they have their window is, is I think, uh, toward closing. You know, somebody has opened the window and they're going to begin closing it probably starting in 2019 uh, as far as the Cubs are concerned. And that's my opinion. But you look at things like Chris Bryant's contract coming up and him having dealt with a similar situation, although his was not quite as egregious because he did not play as well as Eloy Jimenez for as long in the minor leagues. And... and you, maybe the Cubs and Chris Bryant have mended fences, but I, 
I could see Chris Bryant uh, and his agent, who I believe is is Cashman, one of the notorious super agents in baseball that that would really loves to bend organizations over and and really just just go to town on on raiding an organization's money um, by getting the most he can for his players and on on their terms, not on the organization's terms. And Rick Hahn said today in his statement that he made on Labor Day to say, oh yeah, we're fucking with labor. Like, fuck the Players Association. Because, guess, you know, the 1994 White Sox were fucked by the fact that baseball went on strike. That was a World Series ball club with Albert Bell, Frank Thomas, you know, as, as an MVP. And they got fucked by a player strike. And I think the new CBA for the majors is up in, I think, 2021. So, you know, you're not helping to, you're not helping the situation to be fucking with players like Eloy Jimenez, Rick Hahn, dear Rick Hahn, you, you fucking Trevian. Like, take off your new chair hat and, and think about this for a second. You've got, you're pissing off Eloy Jimenez. The, the fan base is excited, but you could see, you could stand to sell a couple of more fucking seats. That goes without saying. Um, and just give us Eloy. I mean, the guy deserves it. They're, they're re- I, think the, I think this is going to turn into more problems than Rick Hahn and the White Sox can, can think of right now. And Rick Hahn in his statement today said he had a strong relationship with Jimenez's agent. But there's somebody, I don't know who it is, but Eloy's mom, maybe his girlfriend, maybe his cousin, maybe, maybe his good friend, or, or maybe somebody like uh, Luis Basabe, or I don't know, one of these guys at AAA, uh, let's take one of, these, one of these relief pitchers, like Ian Hamilton, somebody like this. They're looking at that and they're saying... What, what's going on with this organization? I don't know if I can trust these guys. I don't know. I mean, obviously, their management, and I am labor, you know, speaking from the perspective of a player in a, in a major league organization, but you, the, the labor is looking at it like, hey, we're the players. I don't know if these, are these guys going to be pulling this shysty back of the rule book type of bullshit to undercut our pay? To, to prevent us from becoming free agents and, and possibly making money on the open market. So I, I just, you know, I, I don't buy that this service time is all that important. Um, and, I, and I really do buy that once you get to that bargaining table, whether it's in 2025 or 2026 or, or whenever the time comes, somebody's going to remember this day. Somebody's going to remember that, that Rick Hahn went before the media, and I appreciate that they were transparent about it, but he went before the media to undercut labor on Labor Day. And you're looking at a situation where the White Sox are just, just starting to get good again. Like things are just starting to, they're just starting to play baseball again on the south side of Chicago after a year and a half of pure trash of just pure, unadulterated, 
hard to watch baseball. And now we're doing this. And now, you know, now you're looking at the, the, the CBA, the, the bargaining agreement between the major league and the players association. And you're saying to yourself, man, the winds kind of feel like 1994 on the south side again. So I'm not feeling great about that, but I will be there April 16th, 2019. You know, this is my brother's birthday. I'll be out there with him. And, you know, we're going to be out there whenever Eloy comes up because this guy's going to be a monster. And the other thing Rick Hahn said that was horseshit was, oh, his defense isn't ready. Like, Rick, you're running out Daniel Polka at a corner outfield spot. You're running out You're running out Avi Garcia. I love the guys. I, these guys are good ball players, but you can't tell me that Eloy Jimenez can't field as well as a hobbled Avi Garcia and, and as a guy who, who looks like he can't lift his arms above his head in Daniel Polka. You know, Polka looked lost his first two weeks in the majors and, and looks somewhat respectable now, but certainly is not a guy that, you know, people are hitting doubles off of and, and looking twice before they go into second base because they're fearful that, oh, Daniel Polka's got a cannon out there. He's going to throw me out at second. No, like to use fielding as an excuse for this, this kind of fuckery is we're not that stupid. Like, you might walk around in your Nutria hat, Rickon, and think we're stupid because we didn't all grow up in fucking Winnetka, but we're not fucking, nobody's that fucking stupid. There are illiterate people who like the White Sox who aren't that fucking stupid. So, I want to, I just don't want to see any more of this fucker. I, I want the White Sox to be blunt and to be honest with the players and the fans. No catch up, Chicago. Well, let's get on to some uh, some brighter news here. Uh, the White Sox are playing baseball again. They're they're looking good. Tim Anderson is is going to the, the backhand side. He is moving to his right consistently, and he's he's looking like vintage Jeter out there, making plays in short left field, gunning guys out at first, just really using all of his talents, and, and that is a beautiful thing. The, the bats are coming along. I mean, Daniel Polka is becoming a force in the batter's box. I, I don't know that I've seen a power hitter stand as far from home plate as Daniel Polka does and still be able to control and, and, and be a force on the outer portions of the plate, if you understand what I'm saying with it, being that he is a left-handed bat, he stands toward you know back away from the plate and he's still able to get the bat out the bat head out far enough on outside pitches it's I mean it's pretty incredible the the strength and power with which he hits the ball on an extremely consistent basis against you know against formidable pitchers he's he's not going up there uh, against the White Sox bullpen uh, circa two months ago he's he's going up there off of talented pitchers uh, on Boston, on New York, on these on these powerhouse teams in the AL, and he's he's looking really good. So that is that's extremely encouraging. Uh, and I was at the I was at Hawk Day on Saturday 
And I saw, I mean, I love, this is what, one of the things I love about baseball, among others, is whenever you go to the ballpark, whenever you turn on the game on TV, if you watch, I don't know that I've ever watched baseball for over like two hours and not seen something that was unique. And on Saturday, Daniel Polka hit a, he hit a home run that was a foul ball. But as he was rounding first, um, it was right size, wrong shape, as Hawk Harrelson would say. But as he was rounding first, the umpire called it a home run. He did the little finger in the air, you know, stir your drink finger in the air kind of, uh, kind of signal. And he, he signaled the, that it was a home run. So Polka rounded the bases. And then the other umps came and were like, nah, man, it, you know, the, the first and third base umps came and were like, hey, hey, bud. No, it was a foul ball. Like he's got a, we can't we can't let you just call a home run on what is obviously not a home run. Um, so he's like, okay, get back in the box. Daniel Polka gets back in the box and within a couple of pitches hits another this time a fair home run. You know, he was right church and right pew this time instead of uh, right church wrong pew, as as Hawk sometimes says on that. Um, and speaking of the winning ways, in 2000, so since August 1st, the White Sox are 19 and 13, um, which is good. I mean, they're winning, playing winning baseball. Uh, this kind of reminded me of last year, of 2017, when the team got hot in September. Uh, they finished 500 in September of 2017. They were 15 and 15. Um, and they were 26 and 33 in the final two months of the season. They cost themselves a couple of draft slots by doing that uh, because I believe they were slated to get the second pick in the draft on August 1st. Um, and they ended up with the fourth pick in the draft. So there's, there's some differences there. This year, we're, we're looking at a much more precipitous drop. I just looked at the standings. And the Sox could, the Sox could, if they keep playing like this, I, they could overtake Minnesota. And they, they were selecting third in the draft as of August 1st. But it's looking like they're probably going to be picking toward the 10th or 11th pick. Um, being that they're going to jump the likes of the Texas Rangers um, and some of these other teams that aren't looking to compete. They just jumped Detroit today, beating them. Uh, on Labor Day, and you know, I that is what the, what it is. I, I I'm kind of torn. I, I really want them to get a top five pick again, but if they're playing good baseball and and the guy you know guys like Tim Anderson are developing, we're seeing a little bit more out of Yohan Mankata. I'll, I'll get to him on future episodes. There's a lot there to discuss. But if we're seeing development at the major league level, I can't be too upset at that. And if, if these if these young pitchers are looking good, you gotta be excited about that. The the Kopek, Rodon, Lopez, Giolito, running those four guys out there and, and getting getting those guys kind of evened out and ironed out so that they're not going out there and just completely falling apart on the mound like we've seen out of Lopez like we've seen out of Giolito a couple of three times this season. Uh, 
you know that that's going to be that's going to be great for the future. Um, I I think you got you've got a crowded situation in the outfield at DH and at first base with uh, Nicky Delmonico, Daniel Polka, Jose Abreu, Matt Davidson, Avisel Garcia, uh, Eloy Jimenez when he comes up in April of 2019. I, I think you're going to have a situation where. They, you know, Rick Hahn's going to have to make some tough choices, and and he's going to have to be very blunt with people. And he just, at some point, he's going to have to get ruthless, and he's going to stop. He's going to have to stop talking about sustained success and start talking about, you know, maybe you let Jose Abreu walk after 2019. Maybe you just let him go to free agency, or maybe you you try to flip him, or or you try to flip Davidson or Palka. One of these, you know, one of these three players that have established themselves as fan favorites, Abreu a lot longer than Davidson and Palka, but they're quickly endearing themselves to Sox fans. Um, and then you got to think like, what what becomes of Adam Engel? Adam Engel is still sometimes looks way overmatched in the batter's box, but is a Gold Glove caliber center fielder who has tons of speed. And has improved his average up around the 240 mark. Um, he's getting on base a lot more. He's looking halfway decent in the batter's box as of recently on maybe 75% of his at-bats. But, you know, is there a GM out there in baseball who's looking at Adam Engel, who's, whose team is just getting robbed of two home runs per, per series by Adam Engel? And they're saying to themselves, oh, man, I think, you know, we got a hitting coach here. I think we can fix this guy. Maybe they look to flip Adam Engel um, at, in the offseason or at the trade, the 2019 trade deadline. Because I, I think he is a, he's a very interesting piece um, and, and seems like he would be a good addition to a lot of ball clubs, particularly as a fourth outfielder. I think he's done well enough this year to warrant staying in the major leagues and and being somebody's fourth outfielder. No catch up Chicago. Let's talk about the man himself. Let's talk about Hawk Harrelson. I I think there's about two million people in Chicagoland that are like me and, and feel like Hawk Harrelson is sort of their long lost uncle or godfather. Just a just a sage older man with a lot of stories and a, and a very charismatic and, and, and you know, endearing. And, and it, when you listen to the Sox games, when, when Hawk is announcing, he is talking directly to you. You know, I, I've heard people who've met Barack Obama tell me that when you meet somebody like Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or George W. Bush, that these are such charismatic people that, you know, you shake your hand and you talk to them. It's just you and them. You know, you feel like it's in the, in the whole world. You're just talking to this one person and you're, and you're captivated. That, that's very much how I feel about listening to Hawk Harrelson. I, it, they're, they're those, you have sort of a visceral reaction of just summertime in Chicago. You know, you came home from school. You came home from work, chilling on the couch. You're just relaxing. You did what you had to do for the day. The sun's going down, bugs are chirping, 
you know, the cicadas are out and, and you got Hawk Harrelson on your TV and he's announcing White Sox baseball and we're really going to miss him. He is, it's, it's a great loss. He, I think the last game he's going to do is, I believe, September 22nd or 23rd. Um, there's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series at Comiskey versus the Cubs. Believe Hawk is going to do his final game will be the Sunday of the Cubs series. So it's with great sadness that, that I say those words. Um, but on Saturday, on Hawk Day, I was, I was doing a little work event over at the G spot over at Guaranteed Rate Field. Uh, and my coworker and I we were just kind of standing there in the lobby, ready to go set up our little table and do our little outreach event um, and get our, you know, get our way into the ballpark for free and hopefully have some fun. We're just standing there in the kind of the lower level, like gate four, if you know the stadium, but sort of the the gate where you can go into the skyboxes and where they have the White Sox offices and sort of a lot of the a lot of the team business is conducted um, through this gate, sort of the main gate to the stadium. So we're just standing there. It's about 11 a.m. on Saturday for a 110 game, and <laughs> Hawk Harrelson comes. He comes through the offices, and he's kind of with his. I would call her a handler, um, and we are just staring at Hawk. My coworker and I, we're just like, oh, man, that is the man himself. Like, Hawk Day, we're out here. There he is. And we're, like, trying to take pictures from, like, 20 feet away, kind of looking dumb. His handler walks over to us, and she's like, well, you can go up to him. Like, he's not going to bite you. Go on up. We walk up to him and shake his hand and, you know, hey, Mr. Harrelson, can we have a little bit of your time? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, come take your pictures, whatever. Let's kick it. Let's chop it up. I was too stupid. I did not bring up Yaz or TWTW. Uh, these are two things he loves to talk about. I fucked up. I was, I was too starstruck in the moment to bring those up. But I got my little selfie. Um, and my coworker, Amy, she got a nice picture with him. And he was, I mean, it was fabulous. I, it, on his day... For somebody like that to take the time to just talk to some random fans in their work shirts, that's that's huge, you know. Hawk Harrelson is is major class. I, I don't agree with everything he says, but I, I love the way he says it, and and I support that kind of gall. And the man is just a living legend. I mean, I was listening listening to a little of the broadcast, uh, and. <laughs> He said when he was playing for the Red Sox, he made more money arm wrestling, shooting pool, and playing dart or playing uh, playing golf than he did playing baseball. Like what? Like what? So I got to read his book because apparently he beat Minnesota Fats, um, and he beat Jackie Gleason at pool. Minnesota Fats was a famous pool hustler who would go up and down the Mississippi River taking people's money at pool halls. So. I mean, Hawk Harrelson, they, they call him Forrest, the players call him Forrest Gump, guys who've, who've played in the White Sox organization because he's got so many stories of, he's, he's dealt with, it seems like all the icons since 1955 in the United States, Hawk Harrelson has had a direct experience or definitely has an opinion on him. Uh, so, man, I'll be sad to see Hawk go. 
But man, do I love that guy. And I love to hear him talk about how the Sox are going to kick the Cubs ass. And just to say that on, on NBC Sports with, you know, they're not going to censor it. He knows that. We know that. And that's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Hawk.